be sure to tune into Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much, much more. On her new radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues, as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration laws or are notable immigrants themselves. Check out her new show, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Immigration with Tamina Watson on Daisy 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Good morning, Seattle. This is Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 AM. This show is all about immigration and immigration it is. So I would love to hear from you. Our number is 844-301-1250. On Desi 1250 AM, my show is on Tuesdays at 10 AM every week, as well as um, Fridays at 12.30 p.m. Please spread the word of the radio station as well as my show, and I look forward to communicating with you through the show as well as email or phone, whatever whatever you prefer. We have a wonderful show lined up today, and I simply cannot wait for you to listen to the interview I had with today's guest. Um, we don't have an awful lot of time for me to tell you stuff that's going around um, in the world uh, on immigration, particularly in the U.S., but I do want to highlight one particular issue. On the 11th of April 2016, the city of Seattle launched something called the Seattle Votes. It is really about the Office of Immigrants and Refugees um, uh, with the Seattle um, city of Seattle, that they have uh, uh, launched a program called Seattle Votes. It's really to help um, immigrant voting rights in in our area. And it will. There is a survey that is translated into various languages, including Vietnamese, Tagalog, Korean, Somali, Amharic, Oromo, um, and and a few others. And it's really to gauge what um, in, in, in what is going on in the community. If you could go to seattle.gov forward slash Seattle votes, that's seattle.gov forward slash Seattle votes, it would be great to have you take part in the survey. So we have uh, a wonderful interview with our very own Congressman Adam Smith on the show today. Um, it I cannot wait for you to listen to this interview. Uh, I spoke with him a couple of days ago, and it's been a great privilege and honor. I want to thank the congressman from uh, on behalf of myself as well as, as well as the C twelve fifty AM for taking time out of his very very busy schedule. Uh, very very quickly, um, Congressman Adam Smith is a Washingtonian. He graduated from Fordham University with a degree in political science, and then he went to study law at the University of Washington. After practicing law for a little while, he served at the Washington Senate, um, State Senate, from 1991 to 97. And from 1997, he's been representing us at the House of uh, Congress, uh, the U.S. Representative's House. Um, Congressman Adam Smith is an advocate for immigration and immigration reform, and I would love for you to listen to what he had to say. Good morning, Congressman. How are you? I am well. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so grateful. On behalf of Desi 1250 AM and myself, thank you so much for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule. Uh, we cannot be thankful enough. So thank you for giving us some time. Um, you know, I, I have so many questions and you are, have been a fantastic and staunch 
proponent and advocate for immigration reform. And I have just a, a huge list of questions to ask you. So I'm just going to dive into them. Is that okay? Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, yeah. um, I'm going to start with executive action because that's hot off the press. Um, and I, I uh, know you were there. Uh, so in 2013, when comprehensive immigration reform died, essentially, uh, President Obama took uh, matters into essentially his own hands and he announced immigration act- uh, executive action on immigration issues, particularly for undocumented people in the U.S. And this past Monday, the Supreme Court heard uh, the oral, oral arguments for the case, and you were there, I know, because I saw you, um, with the Congressional Hispanic uh, Caucus. What can you tell our listeners about this, and what is your opinion? Well, I mean, we are simply trying to gather to rally to uh, get support from the Supreme Court to uphold the executive actions that the president took, uh, which I think are well within his bounds. Many previous presidents uh, have taken actions on immigration uh, in you know similar regard, so I think there is you know pretty good legal precedence uh, for what the president decided. And the president has a wide range of authority to decide you know who he is going to deport and who he's not going to deport. Uh, so both DACA and DAPA, I think, correctly identified uh, a group of people that where it would be unjust um, if they were not allowed to stay in this country. And I hope the Supreme Court will see that argument, and we want to you know state that case as strongly and as loudly as possible. Well, thank you so much. You know, our listeners, from the time I've been doing this show, I've been uh, informing them about DAPA and DACA uh, and this particular case. So thank you so much for being there uh, at the steps of the Supreme Court and showing your support and throughout everything that you've done for this. So I'm going to move on to talk about um, immigration reform. Um, we, we know that in 2013, immigration reform uh, bill, the bill passed in the Senate, and then you were one of the co-sponsors for taking that bill to the House. Um, it eventually died, of course, but thank you for doing that. Tell us a little bit about that experience and the challenges you faced. Yeah, it's difficult because I think there's, I mean, you look at the polling data, I think there's overwhelming support in this country for comprehensive immigration reform that includes a pathway to citizenship for the undocumented population. Um, the support is there, but you know, the House never allowed it for a vote. Um, the House committee uh, chairman just sat on the bill and never let it out of committee and has never given us a chance to vote for it. I think if we had the chance to vote for it on the floor, uh, there are enough Republicans who support the bill and enough Democrats that I think it would pass. Mm. Uh, but they you know, stopped the process and didn't even allow the vote. Mm-hmm. It's so critically important, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but... The biggest is there are so many people in the undocumented population who are living in our communities, who are contributing to our communities, raising families, working jobs, paying taxes. You know, whether you know it or not, you probably know somebody who is an integral part of your life, who's an undocumented immigrant, who is every little bit as much a part of this community as you or I. Mm-hmm. Um, those people deserve a chance, I believe, and a pathway to citizenship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what comprehensive immigration reform will do. And the biggest reason why I think it's imperative that we, we get back on track and move it forward. 
Yeah, well, you thank you so much for that. And, you know, I, I, I know my listeners will be very grateful to know that you were one of the co-sponsors of the actual bill that was in the House introduced for this. You know, a lot of our listeners are actually legal immigrants who are uh, stuck in this backlog. Um, and for them also, immigration yeah. reform, you know, is very important. Um, uh, it, it, there's so many aspects of immigration reform that, that is necessary. And, uh, you know, I think the bill that you had co-sponsored and taken to the house was a good compromise don't you think yes absolutely and you're right to point out that there are people here you know legal immigrants and workers that are stacked up in backlog um, that they can't get to the point to actually you know getting their their work permit and so they're here but they're incredibly restricted in what they can do yeah. um, because of the back and the visas yeah yeah. Well, thank you so much. I, I hope, uh, you know, you continue to, to help our listeners and, and the community. And if there's anything that we can do as uh, the public, we, we should know. So the, immigra- the immigration is going to be a central issue for the presidential election. What can our listeners do to help uh, immigration reform become a reality? Is there anything that we can do? Yeah, you can vote for the Democrat running for president, whether it's Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton, not to be blunt about it. Yeah. But they support concrete immigration reform, and, and Ted Cruz and Donald Trump do not. Yeah. Um, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump go even further. I mean, they, they want to, and of course this is impossible and a fantasy, they want to forcibly deport everybody. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, don't yeah. go so far as to say, you know, if you're a certain religious state, he doesn't even want to let you in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's really important that this is an important issue for you to support the candidates who support the issue. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for that. Our listeners needed to know that. And coming from you, it, it makes it even more important. So I'm going to move on to talk uh, some, of, uh, some of the things that you have actually been doing, because I think our listeners should really know. And, you know, you have, throughout the time you've been in Congress, have been a, an advocate for immigrants and immigration issues. And I personally have had the privilege of being at various meetings that you have been at and also events that, you know, we have been at conferences speaking uh, on the same issues. So let me ask you some of these um, uh, topics that you're handling right now. So as of today, fresh off the press, um, uh, I read about the the bill that you have co-sponsored for kids in court. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, this is a major problem when we had the influx of children fleeing, you know, the violence and the unlivable conditions in Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, um, and it came across the border, uh, applying for asylum. Asylum is something that is a central part of our, our law. Um, but to apply for asylum, you have to go through a legal process to achieve it. And these children were not represented. They weren't getting a fair chance to make their case for asylum. Um, and in many cases, just being summarily sent back uh, to the horrible conditions that they fled in the first place. So this bill would ensure that they get at least a minimum of legal guidance on what they need to present. Um, to the immigration court to make their case for asylum. Uh, I mean, you can't have an eight-year-old going in there and you know, trying to argue the law. Um, they need assistance, and this law makes sure that they get that assistance, or this bill, I should say, make sure they get this assistance if we can get it passed. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much. You know, I actually even saw a video that the ACLU had put together, and I think it was on your um, social media. I would encourage our listeners to go and like uh, Congressman Adam Smith's Facebook page because a lot of very important information is posted there. And if anyone is interested, please go and read about this bill uh, as well as watch this video. It's it's funny but it really makes a point um did what did you think of that video were you involved in producing it uh i was i was not it was i mean the big thing that it really drives home is the is the idiocy of you know the questions that these eight-year-olds are expected to answer mm-hmm. um, i know are older than that these children i should say are expected to answer yeah. uh, questions that frankly you know most United States citizens, adult adults couldn't answer. Um, and you know, if you couldn't answer the question, you know, these like I said, these children are sent back sent back to the horrific condition. And keep in mind, you get part of folks flooding the border. If you're a child and you're coming all the way from one of those three Central American countries, all the way up through Mexico, you know, with without any resources, I mean that that is an incredibly onerous trip. And if you're willing to do that, um, you must be fleeing a situation that is completely unlivable. And regrettably, um, in much of those three countries, El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala, I mentioned, you know, you just you just have unlivable conditions where, and gosh, you and you've read the stories, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you've made listeners aware of them. You know, twelve year old basically, you know, gets rounded up by a gang and has a choice. You know, either either kill somebody and become part of our gang or we kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, it, you know, it's a part of what we need to do also is to you know, really work with other other countries here in the Western Hemisphere, mm-hmm. you know, to try to deal with the breakdown of civil order um, in those Central American countries because that is what is causing the flow right. of refugees north. Yeah, yeah. That well, video very good capturing that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I mean, it, it, the understanding is very important. So I, I hope our listeners will uh, have a picture of what's going on and and your efforts. It brings us quite nicely to my next topic of refugees. Um, you know, in, in recent months and weeks, I mean, there are some horrific and tragic um, news about this uh, in Europe and other places. And it, it's been a controversial issue in Congress. And, you know, please tell us about what, what, what's going on in Congress about this and what what you have been doing? Yeah, there's not a, not enough going on. Mostly, there's been the backlash. Saying that shouldn't let refugees in. Um, the president is trying to let some refugees in, um, but basically, you know, it's mostly Syria, but it's Iraq and Afghanistan as well. I mean, you've got you know, war-torn societies across the Middle East and South Asia. Um, and in many cases, these people um, have, well, in some cases anyway, they've worked with us in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, but to achieve refugee status, you know, we, we have to allow a certain number of refugee countries. Um, and, you know, we have been slow to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I could get the numbers, but it's in the thousands that we've accepted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the president has called for us, I believe, to accept like 100,000 refugees over two years mm-hmm. uh, from Syria. And, and I think we need to do that. And, that. and then people get all concerned, oh, gosh, the refugees could, could be terrorists. How can we possibly know? Mm-hmm. You know, of the people 
in this country. I mean, forget about people immigrating to this country. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the, the terrorist actions that have happened are people born and raised mm-hmm. in this country. And by the way, a lot of it is, is you know, right-wing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who shot up Planned Parenthood in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh. if, you, if you're worried about public safety, um, you know, refugees are pretty far down the list of what you need to be concerned about because they are actually vetted. Yes. Uh, over an eighteen month, it takes eighteen months to two years mm-hmm. um, to get in here. You got to be vetted by the UN, and then after you're vetted by the UN, you got to be vetted by the US. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to tell people that this is a guarantee mm-hmm. uh, that no one will get in, who then does us harm. Um, but it is a better uh, likelihood that you will prevent that in a refugee situation mm-hmm. than just the average person walking down the street. I mean, San. San Bernardino was not refugees. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I think people have a misnomer about the threat that refugees present, mm-hmm. particularly given the vetting process that we do before we let them in. Right. You know, I think you're absolutely right to point that out to our listeners. The 18 months to two year vetting process is one of the most rigorous processes there are. And of all the immigrants that come to the U.S., the refugees are actually the ones that are vetted the most. So they really are the least problematic of people that, you know, there should be a backlash about. So thank you so much for pointing that out. And you have extensively been writing about it and talking about it. So thank you for your for your efforts, for being vocal on the issue and supporting them. Uh, Washington State in particular has been a, 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 a welcoming place for refugees. Is that not right? Yes, absolutely. And we've had a long history of, of, of doing this. Gosh, uh, back in the Vietnam era, uh, Governor Evans was one of the leaders in the country in allowing in uh, Vietnamese refugees. So Washington State, by and large, has been welcoming. And, I, and I'll just say, look, immigration is one of the great strengths of our country. People who come to this country, you know, desperately seeking a better life. You look around, they work hard, they want to build a better life for themselves and their children. And that makes our society stronger. Um, we are renewed uh, every generation uh, by refugees and immigrants from all over the world because they want to come here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are absolutely invested in being good citizens and working hard and being successful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I see that every day in my practice. And also, I'm an immigrant. You know, I came from the United Kingdom uh, after I got married to my husband. And I see it with myself. I see it with others. And you're absolutely right uh, that, you know, this is one of our, our greatest strengths. I'm going to ask you some remaining questions. We don't have a lot of time. But our, our listeners really are um, essentially generally in the tech community. They're from the South Asian backgrounds. And often with the, particularly from the citizens from India there, there really is a, a, a tremendous legal um, immigration problem uh, that they face and I think one of the things I see is they're afraid to speak up um, and they don't even know where to go and speak and often when I will say well you know our congressmen uh, our congresswomen our senators they need to hear from you but I don't know if they um, know how to do it or they feel uh, intimidated what would you tell them how can they how can they approach you and come to you with their concerns well there's, there's two ways to do it one is simple and straightforward just contact me directly um, very easy to find on my website 
www.adamsmith.house.gov. Um, that's actually the email address that you can email back. Um, and your caller office, which is um, 425-793-5180. So you can do that. But also there are a lot of communities. Uh, I know the, you mentioned the Indian Americans. There are several Indian American organizations that are very active in my district, in my area. Um, you know, get involved with one of those communities, and you know they can be very, very helpful on these issues. And this is true. We have a, a, a very strong East African population in my district, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Ethiopia and Eritrea, mm-hmm. and they are very well organized as well and anxious to help. But my office does a ton of work on immigration issues. So mm-hmm. if you got a problem in that area, contact us, um, and you know. We will be helpful. Of course, and I've, see, I've seen that with some of my cases, and thank you always uh, for helping the people that come to you. Um, you in, in your efforts, can we, the listeners, uh, um, help you with, with the things that you're doing? What can we do to help you help us? We continue to advocate for immigration reform okay. um, and advocate broadly and as loudly as you can. And and this has been done. I've seen the folks at One America consistently organize press conferences, consistently um, hold rallies and meetings to bring attention uh, to this issue. And I think, you know, humanizing it is just incredibly important. Um, you know, show the faces of the immigrants who would, would benefit from comprehensive immigration reform um, really has a profound impact. Uh, so, you know, it's just basic politics. Okay, well, thank you. That's very, uh, very, very helpful for all of us to know. So I have only about a minute, and um, we, I would love for you to give us some last words of wisdom. I'm certain, but I appreciate the attention your show is bringing to this issue. And I guess the last thing I would say is even if we don't have confidence in immigration reform, there are things we can do. Uh, supporting the executive action from the president, doing things to support the immigrant population, uh, you know, and continuing to push and lobby uh, for, for the issues that are important, you know, reducing the back, backlog uh, for immigration visas, helping the undocumented population. There's a lot we can do, and if we keep organizing, uh, I think that will put pressure on the elected officials to respond. Well, thank you so much. So there you have it, listeners. We cannot sit back and we cannot just hope it will happen. We need to keep moving. And according to uh, Congressman Adam Smith, we can continue to support executive action. We can uh, continue to push for lobbying and help the immigrant population. So thank you. Thank you so much for your last words of wisdom. And thank you so much for taking time out to be with us. Again, thank you on behalf of Desi 1250 AM and on, my, on behalf of myself and the listeners for taking so much time out of your day. And I know you're extremely busy. You're probably going to take some votes right now. So thank you again. And I hope to see you at some conference and events sometime soon. Thank you, Congressman, for being here. Very well. Thank you very much. Well, there you have it, listener. One of um, our most valued interviews to date 
telling you about what you can do for immigration reform and how you can be an advocate. We don't have much time uh, left today, unfortunately. Um, if you have questions, please email me at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. You can also keep the number safe for next week, which is 844-301-1250. That's 844-301-1250. I want to highlight two takeaways from Congressman's interview. Number one, you can continue to advocate for immigration reform. And number two, immigration is one of our greatest strengths of um, our country. Really, there's no uh, better way of putting it. Immigration really is very, very important. So tune into our show this week and every week and the coming months because it's just going to get more and more interesting what's out there. So thank you again to the congressman for joining us today. Next week, we'll have our very own Techie Desi host, Sridhar Kata, on our show. I hope you will tune in for that. Um, Thank you for being on the show. I will be tuning out and saying goodbye to you all. And until next week, take care. Bye-bye.